The Berkshire Lady's Garland in Four Parts by Anonymous Read for LibriVox.org by Devorah Allen Part One Showing Cupid's Conquest Over a Coy Lady of Five Thousand a Year Bachelors of every station, mark this strange and true relation, which in brief to you I bring, never was a stranger thing. You shall find it worth the hearing, loyal love is most endearing, when it takes the deepest root, yielding charms and gold to boot. Some will wed for love of treasure, but the sweetest joy and pleasure is in faithful love you'll find, graced with a noble mind. Such a noble disposition had this lady with submission, of whom I this sonnet write, store of wealth and beauty bright. She had left by a good granum full five thousand pounds per annum, which she held without control. Thus she did in riches roll. Though she had vast store of riches, which some persons much bewitches, yet she bore a virtuous mind, not the least to pride inclined. Many noble persons courted this young lady, tis reported, but their labor proved in vain, they could not her favor gain. Though she made a strong resistance, yet by Cupid's true assistance she was conquered after all. How it was, declare I shall. Being at a noble wedding, near the famous town of Reading, a young gentleman she saw, who belonged to the law. As she viewed his sweet behavior, every courteous carriage gave her new addition to her grief, forced she was to seek relief. Privately she then inquired about him so much admired, both his name and where he dwelt, such was the hot flame she felt. Then at night this youthful lady called her coach, which being ready, homeward straight she did return, but her heart with flames did burn. Part Two Showing the lady's letter of a challenge to fight him upon his refusing to wed her in a mask, without knowing who she was. Night and morning for a season, in her closet would she reason with herself, and often said, Why has love my heart betrayed? I, that have so many slighted, am at length so well requited, for my griefs are not a few. Now I find what love can do. He that has my heart in keeping, though I for his sake be weeping, little knows what grief I feel, but I'll try it out with steel. For I will a challenge send him, and a point where I'll attend him, in a grove without delay by the dawning of the day. He shall not the least discover that I am a virgin lover, by the challenge which I send, but for justice I contend. He has caused sad distraction, and I come for satisfaction, which if he denies to give, one of us shall cease to live." Having thus her mind revealed, she her letter closed and sealed, which, when it came to his hand, the young man was at a stand. In her letter she conjured him for to meet, and well assured him recompense he must afford, or dispute it with the sword. Having read this strange relation, he was in a consternation, but advising with his friend, he persuades him to attend. Be of courage and make ready, faint heart never won, fair lady. In regard it must be so. I along with you must go. Part 3. Showing how they met by appointment in a grove, where she obliged him to fight or wed her. Early on a summer's morning, when bright Phoebus was adorning every bower with his beams, the fair lady came, it seems. At the bottom of a mountain, 
near a pleasant crystal fountain there she left her gilded coach while the grove she did approach covered with her mask and walking there she met her lover talking with a friend that he had brought so she asked him whom he sought i am challenged by a gallant who resolves to try my talent who he is i cannot say but i hope to show him play it is i that did invite you you shall wed me or i'll fight you underneath those spreading trees therefore choose you which you please you shall find i do not vapour i have brought my trusty rapier therefore take your choice said she either fight or marry me said he madam pray what mean you in my life i've never seen you pray unmask your visage show then i'll tell you i or no i will not my face uncover till the marriage ties are over therefore choose you which you will wed me sir or try your skill step within that pleasant bower with your friend one single hour strive your thoughts to reconcile and i'll wander here the while while this beauteous lady waited the young bachelors debated what was best for to be done quoth his friend the hazard run if my judgment can be trusted wed her first you can't be worsted if she's rich you'll rise to fame if she's poor why you're the same he consented to be married all three in a coach were carried to a church without delay where he weds the lady gay though sweet pretty cupids hovered round her eyes her face was covered with a mask he took her thus just for better or for worse with a courteous kind behaviour she presents his friend a favour and withal dismissed him straight that he might no longer wait part four showing how they rode together in her gilded coach to her noble seat or castle etc as the gilded coach stood ready the young lawyer and his lady rode together till they came to her house of state and fame which appeared like a castle where you might behold a parcel of young cedars tall and straight just before her palace gate hand in hand they walked together to a hall or parlour rather which was beautiful and fair all alone she left him there two long hours there he waited her return at length he fretted and began to grieve at last for he had not broke his fast still he sat like one amazed round a spacious room he gazed which was richly beautified but alas he lost his bride there was peeping laughing sneering all within the lawyer's hearing but his bride he could not see would i were at home thought he while his heart was melancholy said the steward brisk and jolly tell me friend how came you here you've some bad design i fear he replied dear loving master you shall meet with no disaster through my means in any case madam brought me to this place then the steward did retire saying that he would inquire whether it was true or no ne'er was lover hampered so now the lady who had filled him with those fears full well beheld him from a window as she dressed pleased at the merry jest when she had herself attired in rich robes to be admired she appeared in his sight like a moving angel bright sir my servants have related how some hours you have waited in my parlour tell me who in my house you ever knew madam if i have offended it is more than i intended a young lady brought me here that is true said she my dear i can be no longer cruel to my joy and only jewel thou art mine and i am thine hand and heart i do resign once i was a wounded lover now these fears are fairly over by receiving what i gave thou art lord of what i have 
Beauty, honor, love, and treasure, a rich golden stream of pleasure, with his lady he enjoys, thanks to Cupid's kind decoys. Now he's clothed in rich attire, not inferior to a squire. Beauty, honor, riches store, what can man desire more? End of poem. This recording is in the public domain.